podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Anfield Rap, Neil Atkinson, Rob Gutman, Melissa Reddy and Dan Austin to talk about Liverpool's one-all draw against Chelsea. And it's a strange game in that there isn't that much game to talk about, but what there is to talk about and to really get stuck into are the decisions made before the match by the manager and then his use of his substitutes during the match. Uh, and I think we'll obviously touch on other matters as we go through, but we're going to start there. And Rob, you wrote a, a post, a, a pre-match piece after Seville saying, almost almost predicting the team, to be quite honest with you, um, saying that you felt he would have to make these changes. I mean, there's a key thing here, really, in that it's, it's quite difficult to talk about this game without also now talking about Seville, if you know what Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. Because you've got to talk about the selection for Seville, the way that match ended up going, whether or not it's all been worth it, uh, and then the you know the the, 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 the reality of, 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 of what had to happen yesterday. Yeah, this has begged some really interesting questions. I was reading your piece this morning, which also begs some interesting questions about what is Klopp? We can get way existential on what is Klopp. But I, I, I've, I've gone through the gamut of, of, of sort of my understanding of the Liverpool manager in the last few days because of these selections. I looked at, I was surprised he went so strong in Seville. And in the wake of the, the disappointment of it, I felt critical of him. And the tone of my preview was critical of him. Then I... Then I saw what he did against Chelsea and I thought, ah, you're doing what I would have done because you did what I've said of doing the piece, which is almost to... Well, so what I think... I think this is what I think's played out. And I think I think you, you broadly agree with this, Neil. I, th- I think he's looked at Seville as get the job done job and therefore buy us a free week against Moscow in a couple of weeks' time and, and do some proper resting then. Uh, and I also think he's looked at... I also hope, and a lot of the context this will make sense the other side of these fixtures, I hope he's looked at Stoke and Brighton the way I, I think I, I tried to and said, do you know what? These are more winnable than Chelsea. You can play really well and not beat Chelsea. We even got into a situation with a 1-0 lead against Chelsea with minutes to go and didn't beat Chelsea. So Chelsea are hard. Stoke and Brighton shouldn't be as hard. Um, and there's a case for wanting the sort of players who can break down uh, crap teams in those games. So I, I think it did make sense. I, th- I think... I've come away from the, 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 the couple of games with mixed emotions because we didn't get any wins out of them, but having more respect for Klopp and thinking there's a more sophisticated approach going on than sometimes I think we give him credit for. I think we, we often like to pigeonhole him as this emotional attack-first manager. Okay, with nuances in between. But I think there's a lot more going on than that, and I think this week has shown it. Mel? Yeah, I think it's very much the bigger picture, which is materialising at the moment. And... Rotation is absolutely necessary. We're at the end of November now, but I think the how, the when, the who, the how many, uh, you know, those are all things you can talk about. And ultimately, I think the selection against Chelsea is also, um, you know, affected by his lack of late substitutions in in the previous games and, and not altering things early enough. And I agree with you, Rob. I actually was surprised he went as strong as he did in Seville. But again, like you said, I thought it was a matter of getting the job done. Now, at half time, when you're 3-0 up, you know, we were discussing it um, at the ground and we're saying, you know, they were good enough to have at least, at the very least, have scored two against a very strong lineup that we've put out. So why not change it? And, you know, you've got, is this in uh, Seville? Yeah, yeah. You're fortunate. You're, you're 3-0 up, uh, even though, you know, the, the flow of the game dictates that it shouldn't have been that comfortable a scoreline. Um, but you're now in a position of control. And in the second half, it's their home patch. They're very good on this ground, unbeaten in, 
in a year against very good teams as well. Real Madrid went there twice um, and couldn't win there. So you know that that's not surrender for them. They're going to come out. They're going to look to attack you. They're going to take the game to you. And the players you have on the pitch are not the players um, capable of doing a, a holding job. It's it's alien to them, to the, to the large number of them. So why not introduce substitutions that would have been better at that game? And in doing so, also, you know, rest players like Firmino, who, you know, I can understand why he, he didn't start yesterday because he's absolutely shattered. I think you could see that at the end of uh, the game in Spain. So I do think those, the decisions in that game have then had a knock-on effect on this game. In terms of how he's actually rotated, there was lots of things I didn't mind, but I assumed that what he would look to do was, I thought Chamberlain needed minutes and it was important to have some freshness. So I agreed Chamberlain on the on the left was fine. I thought he'd play Salah through the middle because I did think Firmino needed a break. And I thought he'd go Mane on the right uh, because that's something that Chelsea wouldn't have been expecting. One that gives you um, a lot of firepower, gives you some balance. Um, I think it gives you more ultimately than the Sturridge Salah, Oxlade Chamberlain combination could have done. Do you think uh, he's playing the numbers game as much as anything, Mel? In terms of there are these key four, right? Yeah. He leaves two in, he drops two. Yeah. Um, is as much as tactics, yeah, let's put Marnie in the right or whatever. It's just I've got to pull two of these lads out. You could almost throw you could almost throw a dice on it. Yeah. I sus I suspect so. I don't think he would have wanted to have made as many changes for this game, is what I'm saying, but I think it he has to make as many and has to, you know, drop two of his favorite forwards because he's not taken them early off early enough in midweek. Um, and the other thing is, he mentioned that they expected Cesc Fabregas to play. Liverpool expected him to start. Yes. So I think they're looking at this game as this is going to be a game to endure, not one where we, you know, go and take the game to them and you know, attack first. It's going to be very difficult because if we do that, you've got Cesc Fabregas picking you off. You've got Morata in very good form. You've got Hazard, who's so difficult to deal with. And I think Emre Shan would have definitely started had he been fit. I thought that before the press conference when, when Klopp said he was a doubt. Um, I thought Moreno was a certainty. There were a few players I thought were certain to get games, but... Ultimately, I was still a little bit surprised by how much rotation there was. Dan, we all accept that rotation is is part and parcel of modern football, and in fact, that's why you know I was I was surprised by by the Seville lineup. To be honest with you, I thought that the Seville lineup wouldn't be that strong, and that's why you know I think that there's there's bits and pieces through both the selection in the game, and as I say, we're going to come on to talk about subs, and you can have the same conversation during the Seville game as well. As Mel's just pointed out, one of the reasons why he maybe ends up making the decisions he makes in this one is because he's also conscious that he's he's left people on for a long time against uh, in Spain in that match. Uh, were you surprised by exactly how much rotation there was? Yeah, and when it was as well. Um, I know Rob said before that he, he looks at sort of the games against Stoke and Brighton and looks at them as more winnable, so you play your stronger lads to try and make sure. But it's Chelsea that we need to win the points against because that's who we're competing with. I know you've got to beat the teams at the bottom as well to to, to generate the points over the course yeah. of, of, of a year to get there. But we, we literally could have taken points off Chelsea and won them ourselves. 
Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying that he, he had to play all the same lads again because they've played an awful lot of games now and I get that but I just think there was a stronger argument to do it in Sevilla and that's just in hindsight I think he could have done it then he, he could have done it against Southampton he could do it against Stoke he could do it against Brighton I just think against the champions is a really weird time to not pick your best players and it's not as though it's not as though there was a real tactical change or anything because he thought this that was is what way. surprised me yeah, yeah it's not like he thought this is a way of winning the game because when I saw the lineup, I thought he might be going with a similar shape to the West Ham game here. He might be going sort of Sturridge and Salah centrally because they're playing a three at the back like West Ham <coughs> did. So I thought maybe he'd do that, but essentially we played exactly the same formation but with players that weren't as good. So I don't I don't I don't really see I don't think he was being clever in any way. I think he just basically in the in the international break looked at all the games and went, Chelsea will take a few out. And he hasn't he hasn't managed sort of the context at all. He, he gambled on winning the Sevilla game. It went badly, badly wrong, partly on him. And then we've ended up looking a bit stupid because we've lost, or we, we've drawn two games from winning positions that we really should have held on to. Yeah, I, I, I still think he's looking at the batch of games and he's looking at, I think it's just tough. I, I, I agree with that, but I think he's looking at it in the wrong way then. If yeah, he's looking maybe. at the batch of games, rest them in a different game is what I would have done. I, I agree with you. I wouldn't have gambled on on trying to knock Sevilla out. Mm. I would have gone cautious because a draws are perfectly. I mean, that's been lost in the in the disappointment of losing three yeah. 0 lead. A draw was a the likeliest best result for us, I think, because Sevilla aren't. I know mugs at home, and B um, was eminently gettable if you just if you put a dour side out. I think Sevilla so draw draw suited Sevilla as well. I think they, I think if it had been a cat and mouse game and no goals in the first half, I think it could easily have been a nil fizzled to a nil nil that one. With and and we could have had the right players for Chelsea, but he gambled and lost. But but I do you know what I'm glad with though at least having made the mistake in Sevilla, not got the result. I think he did have to. I don't think you, we could all will that he'd go strong for Chelsea. But having made that Sevilla mistake, he had yeah. to do what he yeah, had to do. He, he, but I think he, he tied his own hands at that stage. I think also what shot, probably shocked him a bit in Sevilla, or maybe something came home to roost, was just how dead we were on our feet in that last half hour in Sevilla, how we carried no counter, well, a minimal counter-attacking threat. I thought what he's thinking, you know, I could go straight, I could go strong, we could look great in the first half hour. I could have Mane, all, all, all the guys with all the gifts out there, and we just look at, like a, a pale shadow in the second half. Yeah. I think, uh, although we were on the rack second half yesterday, I don't think we were out of legs. I think we were frightened. But oh, yeah. I really think we were out of legs. Do you? I, yeah, I, I think like 15 or 20 to go. We're hoofing the ball forward. That's just because we're, we're, we're quite scared. Panic, but then there was no one to hold it up because he had Salah down the middle on his own, looking quite tired. Coutinho was completely out of the game. oxlade Shaman looked a bit tired. There was no outlet. There was no outball. And that's why people are saying, well, you've got Mane there. Do you know what you've, I think? And, and you've rested him for this. This is why he's meant to be there. He's not coming on to score us a goal. He's coming on so he can hit him along with the ball. He'll go over the top and then he'll hold on to it for 10 seconds so everyone can get up the pitch. Do you know what I think throws him? The thing that throws, I think he starts that game, goes, I'm going with this team and I could win this in the last 25 with mm. Firmino and Mane, right? That's yeah. what a pairing to put on. And I think uh, Conte's thinking the same. He's got Pedro and William. But I think our two are better than their two. And Klopp's thinking, yeah, we can win it with those two players. Then what happens? We bloody well score on 65. <laughs> I was very impressed at that point because his first move is, Ginny, get the fuck up and get on that, get on the pitch. So I'm like, good. Mm. He's doing what all the other uh, top six managers would do at this point. Definitely what Conte would do at that point. <clears throat> what, what Mourinho would do, which is to solidify the midfield and make it a tight game. I do think there's a case, there was a case for making your next sub take off one of the tired lads and give someone else to stretch. Yeah. But at least the first move 
move was to put a defensive midfield player on and to take Coutinho out. Because I think what Fox does from the start was the non-picking of Fabregas. And what uh, he picked a, a, a dog's midfield, didn't he, Can't, uh, Antonio Conte, with uh, drink water, back of Yoko. Of getting in. I well, I know. Well, yeah, well, one I of them has, he just stood still I, and kicked I, balls long. I know. He, that, he was I running know. loads. I know, but still, <laughs> ostensibly, it was it was a midfield aimed to to get to gain them some dominance in midfield. Mm-hmm. And we thought we'd have Fabregas, and therefore, I think if he'd known that midfield, he'd he, he'd have put he wouldn't have picked Chamberlain. He'd have put Coutinho up top left, and uh, and well, actually, mind you, he did, and maybe when Alden Milner and Henderson mm-hmm. in the middle, I think he'd have gone more like for like. I think the Fabregas thing throws him. But he sort of corrects it at the point of us being ahead and sort of has a win-win at that point. He corrects it, but we're actually poorer after we go 1-0 up, Mel. Yeah. So uh, uh, we can say he, correct, he corrects it, but I actually, I mean, I think that in general, there's the the, the, the player who's, who's, who's escaped most criticism, though not from me, from these two draws is Coutinho. I think he's put two really poor performances in. And I think there was lads running off the back of him all day uh, against Chelsea. Everyone's running off the back of him and it's, it's as though he doesn't want to know. And I think that actually what happens is part of why there ends up being so much space for Chelsea Mel is that they're able to push right up. We don't actually, we, we, we're not threatening to hold the ball up and Coutinho goes wide left, but then isn't doing the work that Salah or Oxlade-Chamberlain have been doing when they've been wide left and tucking in and helping Moreno out. Because all of a sudden, I thought they had the run of our left and their right, the absolute run of it after we go one nil up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about Ultimately, we're discussing the use of the squad here, which is what, you know, the manager said before the game. The reason he does this is because he's got a squad to use. He trusts them. But why didn't he then use that squad in Spain earlier? Yeah. And then why doesn't he then, you know, as you say, he brings on, yeah, he brings on Wijnaldum. But, I mean, we're all sitting there. We're watching this game and you're thinking to yourself, okay, wow, Salah's now put you in control of this game against probably the odds because Chelsea had the better chances in the first half and should have been ahead despite all Liverpool's possession because they were not penetrative at all. So Salah puts you in this position. Excellent. You know Conte is going to change things now. You need to also change things. And again, Brian Ronaldo is fine, but that team is not a team geared to hold for that long. You're you're in the ascendancy. Yeah. You've got you've decided to keep Mane and Firmino on the bench to, you know, bring on his weapons and to rest them as well. But you've got those options there to further take control of this game. And I think the other thing that was annoying and, and you say when they when they had then the run of the pitch is we planned for Cesc Fabregas to play yet. When Fabregas came on, we did absolutely nothing yeah. to to yeah. stop him. To and and you know we knew he was going to come, or we expected him from the start to be spreading play, to be firing those balls, and you know quick look up and hit a ball. And yet there was no pressure on him. Yeah. And, and I think part of the issue in in the game is he first half and second half. Liverpool were neither here nor there. They didn't know whether they should be attacking or defending. And in terms of the the lineup as well, that midfield three, you, you're basically saying, Coutinho, the onus is on you to be the creator. You've only really got one runner because Sturridge and Ox want the ball to feet rather than they want to, you know, beat a man or something. Salah wants to wants to go behind and give you the option to play that ball. But then he's got Matic on him the entire game. The other two are not really doing anything, not creating nor destroying. And 
I think that just sort of, like I said, I, th I think they, they saw this game as one to endure. And that's what they did. And with everything that we can say, when you look at our bench and you think those who are the lads that were on the bench, still with Emery out injured, and yet they managed to draw against the champions. I think it's frustrating if the, if the goals are reversed, if Chelsea score first. And Liverpool equalise, you probably feel better about, about the, the draw. Yeah, I think I think the proof of the pudding for Klopp, he will be vindicated or not this week. If you can win, if you can win these two, I keep saying this: if you can win these two away games, and the likes of Mane and Firmino are on the ski, team sheet, we'll all look back with a very very different mindset. I agree. Your the word you use there, Mel, endure, feels right to me. Yeah, I thought let's get through this on but, I mean, but all big match draws, Rob, are contextualised by what happens next. Every big match yeah. you ever draw in in the league is if you then go and win the next three, then you get to go. You know what? That was part of building that run. But I think but, he's deliberately. I think he's deliberately targeted to take the draw here. But in but a way, also, also, in a way, though, you talk about it being in the context of the results that come afterwards. Big match results are, 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 and draws specifically are also determined by your results in other big matches. Mm. So the teams we're competing against, we've only beaten Arsenal. Which is a big shift. It's a really big shift. Yeah. We're talking there about Klopp deciding to endure a game against Chelsea. That's really different from what he usually does. That's really different from what we would have done last season. And I'm not. I'm not saying that you know I want us to always try and play on the front foot and always try and go out and steamroll teams. But I, I, I worry that maybe he's a bit too worried about the glut of fixtures because the, the, it just seems it doesn't seem natural to me for him as a manager to sort of sacrifice a game like that. To sort of go, I'm not going to play my best players in that because it just it just doesn't seem like his way of doing things, and it means that if you take all the fixtures we've played against the the teams that we're competing for a top four place, a league title with, we're not making ground upon them. We're not making ground up at all. You can you can have a draw against Man United at home, and that's fine. If you then maybe get a draw at City or you you get a draw at Tottenham or you beat Chelsea at home, but when you take them all together and you're not really getting points off any of them. You, you put you put yourself in a bit of hiding to nothing. But Dan, is your point? I made this earlier. Is your point his selection's wrong? Pre, given his weak plan to pre severe, yes, yes. not he, post severe. He, yeah, he doesn't really have a choice once he's picked a severe okay. lineup. Well, yeah, I'm in, I, I'm I, I agree with you. you on that. I'm not saying that once the third goal goes in against Sevilla, he should rip up what he what he previously had planned and go. We've got to throw them all in. We've got to play four forwards or whatever. But in the international break, when he's looking at the game, yeah, to I, pick, I agree. With I think you. he picks the wrong one. I agree with you. I think. I'm, you know, going through the whole game, and I think Mel's touched on it a couple of times, Rob. And this is my, one of my wider things. The manager's now, he's now been here. This is, you know, he's now been here since October 2015. Mm. And what one of the things that strikes me is, I'm fine. I have watched Liverpool managers who play reactive and defensive football and get results with it, and I'm absolutely fine with it. What Mel hinted at a couple of times is he hasn't. And he ha he hasn't recruited, and he doesn't continue to look to recruit. Mm. If you know we're buying Kaita, we're looking for Van Dijk. He has not recruited footballers who are all used footballers who are holding job. His most natural holder that he's had all the time he's been here. Where I would say a player who plays a position and does so very defensively is Lucas, and he sold him in the summer. Mm. And we've we find ourselves against Sevilla. Uh, and I think Sevilla may have been slightly more to do with circumstance, and we actually play well from 60 minutes in Sevilla. We actually do all right after half-time. But in this Chelsea game, where Mel's talking about players not capable of doing a holding job, none of those Liverpool players, none of them, mm. suit 
the idea of playing passive football. No. They all want to play front foot football. And that's where I'm concerned. And that I'm concerned because the manager's very much recruited in his own image. And I'm always worried whenever any Liverpool manager does things that I don't think can care with their natural way of going about their business. So when they wants to play expansive football, I was worried about they When Benitez stopped being quite as focused and drilled and shape and discipline, for instance, around 09-10 when he just started to lash the ball forward and all of that, I was worried about Benitez. I... I grow to have concerns when I think Liverpool managers are being genuinely counterintuitive with their approach, especially when it undermines their players. I'm not sure he was counterintuitive. Uh, yes, the team, the team selection, you can... Uh, OK, if you throw the fact that, that we weren't as dominant in a big game as we were last season and you combine it with the team selection, it looks like it, looks like it all equals conservatism as opposed to our, our image of Klopp as the arch-anti-conservative in, in footballing philosophy terms. But... I rewind. Post Seville and that miscalculation, he's got to pick a team. Is he then conservative going to? I think we. I think we're discounting Chelsea here. Chelsea were the best team. Put the best performance I've seen at Anfield for quite some. Probably under Klopp against us under Klopp. I thought they were very, very good. Control tactically good. Everyone was brilliant on the ball. I've watched. I've watched them quite a bit over the past couple of years and I've not I, I don't know seeing them close up like that was something special at times I thought Marcus Alonso was a, a stunning performance I don't think Liverpool chose to be conservative there I don't think they were non-clop I just think Chelsea I think they are well, when they're 1-0 up we are very non-clop mm-hmm. yeah, we, 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 no, we carry no, no. threat Rob no. we yeah, carry yeah, yeah. no threat but, and we've got no plan for a threat we are completely passive at 1-0 and, completely yeah. passive and I'm, Simon Mignolet actually in his post-match comments did say um, we got the goal and then we wanted to defend it. Well, okay. He, what, what I would say is that he, he can make substitutions with his players playing in the way that he likes that are actually sort of defensive changes even though they're not defenders. He can bring mm. Mane, Firmino, Lallana on one of them, maybe two of them to press to press them because with 15 left, their defenders were on their halfway, they were on the halfway line. Yeah, and every time the ball got punted forward by Milner or Henderson or whoever, it was coming straight back at them because mm. there was no one to chase it down. And also, Salah's so, not a natural player to hold the ball up. He yes, he's not. Big, he's up. not big enough, and he's against three centre halves who were all about six foot three, six foot four, and he was tired. So there's, there's absolutely no outlet. So he can he can bring Mane on, he can bring Firmino on, he can bring Lallana on, and it's not it's it's it, it would give them a threat first of all on the counter, but that's not even the main point. It's that it would harry them a bit. It would give them a bit less time on the ball. It would actually help the defence to have those lads in front it's not you, if you defend on the lead you don't have to go five at the back you don't have to just start going back against the wall yeah. we're going to fill the box especially this Liverpool <sighs> team because they're not who, used to it yeah. who defend from the front or are meant to defend from the front and I think that midfield struggled so much yesterday yeah. and in that second half they could have done earlier with Chelsea having to panic a little bit more rather than them having to face you know them having so many questions to answer and just being absolutely out of solutions, I definitely think he could have done more to change that game earlier, as was the case in Spain. And yeah, I, I even, I, I even, go on. Yeah, this. If we're saying use the squad, then use the yeah. squad. It's not. It's not a abstract notion that you know. Hang on, we get, he gets. Hang on, a sec. Let's, he gets five minutes away from three points here, and I know we would have all gone. That wasn't a famous victory, but we'd have all seen a lot more cuteness in the way the manager saw. I, don't, the I wouldn't have. Well, I, we, I we, you, we, you, were you not in the ground while that was happening in the last fifteen, thinking, "I know what's coming here." But, oh, a because Liverpool have a tendency. We don't have great defenders or great defensive 
players, so you know there's always a possibility of that almost a superstitious uh, position. But Chelsea, although although they come at us, and by the way, they're throwing on forwards by the bloody minute there. He, he, he's ending up with William, Pedro, Morata and Hazard all on the pitch. Yeah, he's throwing people up there. They are, they are the champions. They're going to react. We act, we act like we took the lead in the 20th minute and then backed off. We took the lead with 20, 20 and a bit minutes to go. 25 to go. Yeah. 30 it's, to go, including it's a, it's, it's, it's a position where top teams kill a game at that point and go, you know what, we can we suppress I'm them. all for I, killing the game. Yeah, but we, we didn't. We, well, yeah, we, we failed, but that's a, not the, we the intention. We can't kill a, kill a game the way a United can kill a game. Those are not our strengths. Oh, I'm not we can this. kill a game the way we kill the game, which is exactly as we've said, press them, give them something to panic about because if you're letting them dictate how those last 25, 30 minutes go against a team, by the way, whose confidence is a little bit shot because post Spurs, they start to convince themselves, hang on, we can't, we do have balance. We can attack, we can defend. In Spain, they're now starting from scratch again because they blow a three-goal lead. So, like I said, they were neither here nor there. And now they're having a team, a very, very good team, as you say, dictate what happens at Anfield in those final stages with us trying to do something that against a, a very good team like that. They we, don't have we, a clear-cut chance, Chelsea, apart from the Alonso one on the back post. Yes, but we not do, we're not. Uh, we're inviting them to go and have a... Go and try and have a clear-cut chance. Go and create. Go and see what happens. We're not saying to them, hang on, we're 1-0 up here and we're still in control. We were 1-0 up and the scoreline said we were in control, but the actual reality of the game didn't suggest as much. And you, know, you were saying he's five minutes away from a victory there or whatever. I think had we come in at the back of a 1-0 victory obviously we're all happy with the with the result with the scoreline but we will have been saying exactly what we've been saying it's not because we concede which i, I think we can we could have reduced the chance of that happening and you know don't care what william says that is a cross his body shape and everything yeah. suggests that the fact the fact that he laughs when he's saying it was definitely a shot as well. Gives it away. But, you know, I think you just open yourself up to to that kind of misfortune happening if you're not... If you're not... You don't but how, in control how, of the game. But who anymore. says you get to control every football match? Sometimes teams come at you and are really, really good, and sometimes you just have to deal with that. And I think we did. We didn't. I mean, we, uh, where did I, some reports say we we're too deep? We're not too deep, actually. We tried to defend the whole the edge of the box, all dangerously at times, because we had to rely on the linesman quite a few times. I thought, Jesus Christ, there, but for the grace of God. But I think it was, it was a tactic they've worked on. They, they concentrated, and it worked well. Some, Chelsea were stung at 1-0 down. They'd been... they'd uh, where they Arguably, had they edged it over 65 minutes, as you said, the better chance in the first half, they were stung and they exactly, reacted. Exactly, and that's why, yes, but we need to also react to them being stung because they were... That goal... We do react. That, we put that, goal comes at a per, that goal comes at a perfect time. It comes with Liverpool still having weaponry to hurt Chelsea further and weaponry that further enhances the way they want to play and their natural state of being. I'm not saying, and I think Dan makes a good point there, for Liverpool, an offensive substitution in the way we play isn't just an offensive substitution. It also works defensively as well. And I think with that midfield struggling so much, 
they needed they needed people to come on and press. They needed help earlier, earlier. I, Salah. I, I even disagree with the storage sub, by the way, in hindsight. At the time, it makes total sense. You write it down and you get to go, yeah, you get to do this. But the one thing storage does do for you is he shows feet. He can hold it up. He can, when, if you get it into his feet, he can hold it up. He can get you up the pitch and he can create, he's not going to run in behind, but he comes and he'd, sh- he'd have shown feet and gone, right, give it to me and I'll, and, hold it, I'll, yeah. and, and, and I'll get on it and we can then get up and get out. We've got no one, literally no one doing that, Rob. No one does that. I don't for, think Sturridge will hold 30 that ball minutes. up for you at that stage of that Well, game. maybe not, he, but, but he's, he's more capable than, 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 than anyone else who we had on the pitch. I thought... Apart from, and, the, and more capable than anyone on the bench apart from Firmino and we chose not to bring Firmino on. I, that's, I look, I'm not sure. I've got no strong position on on those closing subs. I could see what Salah, by the way, nearly has a ch- has a half yeah, chance after we score yeah, near yeah. to win the game. I thought Salah looked like it. I mean, his asked me another thing said about it. his engine is phenomenal, and I thought well, I wouldn't have took Salah off. On no, so so he wasn't coming off. Coutinho, I thought, was wretched in the first half. Played his way into the game in the second half, and I thought was becoming increasingly a threat and was part of the the building momentum that I think leads to the goal. And then he's nowhere in the game after we go one 0 Well. You know, I know. You said I noticed a number of times. He's him and Albi Moreno are very, very close together. He's getting on the ball. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I don't know. No, I don't. I, I, you might be right, but I just thought maybe I, I need to watch the whole a, thing. But there was a I reason why. It. But there was a reason why, for instance, there's there is literally on the pitch an inquest as to who's doing what on the left hand side between yeah. Coutinho, Henderson, the space up with Alvarez, yeah. Um, I, they, they, were, they all had a big chat for a reason and it, yeah, didn't yeah. Look, it didn't look to me like anyone was particularly happy about the job anybody was doing Yeah, I think one of the most frustrating things about it is that if this was a one-off where Liverpool have gone into a winning position and then lost it near the end you'd sort of be a bit more okay with it but it's literally happened this week from an even more ridiculous position yeah, and yeah. I just I, I felt in the last 10-15 like we just went to panic stations we, we, we threw defenders and, and changed the position I don't understand really why Joe Gomez is getting put in the centre of a three when he's played the right back um, But and then we just started booting the ball Away and not getting up the pitch. The goal, in fact, comes from Milner just booting up, booting the football straight down the middle of the pitch, and it came right back on us. If, if, any, if, any, of them, that, if any of them had any <laughs> sense, if any of them had any sense, the boot it out of play, and, and someone would tell them to get up the pitch, just move up ten yards, just move up twenty. It's just it. It's as though no one in the ground, whether it be supporters, people on the the bench, the staff, or the players on the pitch, thinks that we're going to actually see a game out anymore. It's like everyone involved in the Liverpool FC cause when we're ahead and there's a bit of the game to go just goes bloody hell we've got to get that ball away and just just starts absolutely panicking and it's not conducive to actually seeing it out. Well, I think that's and he, here's the, the thing though you you speak about protecting the lead and and you thought you know that was a smart thing to do and stuff. In that situation, you need composure, you need clear heads, you need you need intelligence to see out a game. If you, I've not watched the game back yet. I've not had the, the opportunity to do that yet. But all my vision of those closing, it's just Fabregas with all the composure in the world, picking up his head. All the time. Yeah. Time, the, the calmness around him to pick his head up and fire in a dangerous ball to the recipient so all the time. Get on whether the ball season hazard in the second half. We did something about that. Yeah. And that well, was a that, bloody nightmare in the first I half. I know. That, that was... You know, when we talk, we've got to give credit where that's due because he, from what he did in the first half, where it would take two, three, four people to stop him and still not be able to, ultimately it would take like some last ditch block, um, to him not having really much of an influence in the second was, was a very good thing. But I just think if, like Neil said, 
I think we've got to have balance, yes, and all that, but we can't stray too far from what the players we've actually got are capable of doing because the more you ask them to do stuff that they can't do, the more you're going to have instances where Jordan Henderson was absolutely terrible yesterday. Yeah. He was... He was bad. We went 1-0 up and then he was absolutely wretched. Wrong, he was, he was wrong a, place, game wrong then, place, yeah. wrong time, wrong decision, wrong pass, wrong, everything wrong. And it's it's his performance and, you know, you can look at Sturridge and what Sturridge I'll always say, the first thing I'll reference is he, lack of rhythm. So you've got him, lack of rhythm. You've got Milner, lack of rhythm. Milner was so slow yesterday. My goodness, it was painful watching him. But He also couldn't keep the ball, which is yeah, usually the one, like the one thing you can rely on him for. That, and then that's the other thing when you when you're talking about rotation and to to have so many players lacking rhythm in a game like this, we're actually lucky perhaps that Chelsea don't start Fabregas and that they were more um, looking to frustrate and contain in those opening twenty before they you know kicked into gear for like ten minutes where they had us truly um, in trouble, but. Yeah, it, there was just, I, I was trying to figure out at various stages of the game, what is the plan for this, you know, yeah, we for got this the, little sequence. Yeah, We got the same results in the same fixture last season, but I remember, for instance, coming off last season and all we did all game was Harry Kante. And he couldn't calm, he couldn't get, he couldn't yeah. play. He was, he, had, he has a terrible pass completion rate by the end of the game. I think it's like 50%. He's that, he's that harried Kante. And yes, he's doing stuff. You know, he has, he has a decent, a decent game in terms of stopping us last year, but he just cannot play. And I couldn't believe the time we were giving him. This is a lad who doesn't, who, who's not that good on the ball. Mm. And we were just letting him have all the time in the world. When Fabregas comes on, he strolls around the park. It reminds me of Pirlo against England under Hodgson in 2012, where Pirlo looks phenomenal. But it's, you know, it, it, when you've got all the talent that Pirlo has got, and no one ever closes you down then you're going to be picking your passes out why isn't someone going right someone's got to get on Fabregas someone's just got to go and stand on Fabregas but the mm. reason why is because they're dropping deeper and deeper and being more and more passive everything and this is and, and I'm not the point about all of this is it sounds as though Rob and I'm not meaning to sound as though you know I'm not slaughtering anyone here yeah. I wouldn't slaughter a single one of the players even though I think some of them were terrible I'm not slaughtering the manager in that I understand the circumstance with Sevilla I understand all the games that are coming but it is it is the the frustration around maybe feeling as though you've got to make certain decisions when 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 maybe you don't need to, and then and then waiting, just thinking you've got three, you've got two subs, you've just got two subs, you can do something, you can make a really easy argument that you just bring Lalana on for somebody in that middle in the middle of the park and say all your job now, Adam, is to ensure that that Fabregas can never play a pass. So all your job is your job is just to ensure Fabregas can never look up and pick a pass. You've just got to make sure that stops happening for me. So my point about this, and I'll come back to you, Rob, because you're 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 being put in a valiant and possibly correct defence. <laughs> my point about this is again, if that's if if that's the football that the coaching staff and the manager want to play, then go on then, go wholehearted in that. And have the idea of all we're going to do is stop them. So do something to stop yeah. them when they're on top. Therefore, if all we're about to stopping them, and we're not we're not interested in scoring, and we're just hanging on, then do something to stop them. Don't go. Oh, I'm sure these boys on the pitch are going to sort it out because those boys on the pitch were not sorting it out. This begs the question about the whole Lalana substitution, which is really, there's a lot of weirdness goes on around that. Was it the the Lalana substitution's about to happen when they bring on William? I think. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen. Well, it gets, it gets, I know what happens is it gets delayed and delayed and then they bloody well score. 
during that process. So Lalana, and then he sat back down. And then he sat back down, and, and then, then he, he got back on again. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I think he's halfway to wanting to do what you want him to do there, Neil. But it's it, it's it's, a, it's so really. Late, it's do you know what's really strange about these? You can analyze and overanalyze these things. But I was thinking about this well in before this game about uh, the context of Tottenham, who'd looked so good really, in demolishing us at Wembley in that 4-1. And I'd watched the, the, the 90 they played against Arsenal. And they're absolute garbage. They really, really shit Tottenham in that game. And you think, why? Is, you, you, your manager, is your manager suddenly an idiot? Are they all suddenly shit? There's no undue reason for them to be tired. It just sort of happens. Um, and this is, I don't know, I think this is a really difficult game to make any overarching judgments on. One, it's coming in a strange week where I think confidence has been jolted by that second half in Sevilla. Uh, two, there's been pressure to make changes post that game because of uh, weary legs. And three, you're up against a Chelsea team who look confident and informed to me. So I kind of think in the context of this season, and I think we're going to say this a few times maybe this season, when we do the history show on this one, God willing, in a few years' time, it's another one we'll just go, yeah, it was okay. Because <laughs> it was okay. Of course, you're right, Dan. Wow, what a what a what a punch in in Chelsea's gut it would have been to have beaten them, and we'd have leapfrogged them. And how you know, and it could have been the platform for for for, for, for the rest of the season. But I just don't think there are any easy ones there. Do you not, do you not think that storage just makes more sense against Stoke? I, just, I think for me, I think look, we don't have the sports science data. I think he has to change two of that front four. I just think, given the evidence of his eyes, I mean, Coutinho's. I mean, she's. And, and arguably, he needs to change four of that front four, but he can't because that's madness. But Coutinho's played twice for Brazil, he's, and he's played all the he's played Southampton, he's played this one, and he's only just back from injury with niggling hamstring issues around him. But you're still going with him. Salah's played game after game after game, and we're still asking him to go and win the game single-handedly. Mane's had a dodgy hamstring, so you can't. Firmino again, he's the one who gets the least rest out of all of them, mm. and you think. You know what? He against Chelsea, he might get no change, but you can see him finding more space against Stoke and Brighton. That's not my point. What I'm asking you is, do you not think Sturridge makes more sense against Stoke? Than Firmino? In general, just my thing about this is that if we're going to in be on, certain if context. we're going to be on top, which we expect to be when we go to Stoke, and we're going, they're going to be, there's going to be hopefully space around the box, and there's going to be, a, it's going to be a game with we'd like to think a number of opportunities. Do you yeah. not think that Sturridge, it makes more sense to have Sturridge play that one? Because I, I presume he's now not going it. Yeah, I, I think um, I think if you've got say Mane and Salah, and you and you, if you look at it in isolation, and you just pose the question, I need to give Firmino a rest. Stokes coming up, and uh, you can have Mane and Salah on the flank. So yeah, great idea. Storage can deal with that all day long. I think you're absolutely right. But I think he's, it's not so much that he's chosen Storage for Chelsea as thought Firmino is fucked. I think that so if Firmino's fucked, who do you pick? So if you're sitting down in the international window, is there not therefore an argument to say, right, I definitely want Firmino for Chelsea because I'm not really going to fancy Sturridge in that one. I'll definitely have Sturridge for Stoke. Therefore, I'll not play Firmino in Seville. Or if I do, I'll just give him an hour. Yeah, exactly. This is is the point we we keep coming back to. (laughs) That we're talking about the use of the squad here, but we're not applying it fully. We're we're applying it in, in like what is now like drastic situations like oh Firmino's he definitely can't start against Chelsea because he's he's knackered now so there's that decision storage starts but if we'd Sevilla's the mistake yeah if we it's not even the starting lineups here it's it's the in-game management and the in-game management is then 
following on to the selection for the next game. I and think then that becomes another question yeah, about the in-game management. Yeah, I, um, I think that's what what we're trying to say. Um, everyone around here has no issue with rotation because it is necessary. And I think you know we all saw what happened when we didn't do it enough last season. Injuries, you know, will be born out of asking players to do too much and, and placing too many demands on them. So we all agree it's necessary and stuff, but just being more proactive, I think, it, with substitutions will will help alleviate and, and will help. I, I think one of the things that strikes me, and this is and this is why I'm sort of talking about storage, what, and this is why I, what I said before about storage, one of the things that strikes me is his best sub of the season is when he brings storage on at Leicester. It's his best sub of the season. It's the one that uh, has the most profound impact on the game. And he does it when we're ahead. And Sturridge comes on, is excellent, but also just constantly gives him someone to gives everyone someone to pass to. And yes, Chelsea are a lot better at football than Leicester. But we're now looking at that. You can quite easily argue if the games play out the same. No, 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 yeah, if the game, if the second game plays out the same, that a smart sub in Sevilla when we're under the caution, we can't get out is Sturridge for Firmino. Yeah. And then there's an argument that you can then extend that, that if you're then able to start Firmino against Chelsea, a smart sub, if the game plays out the same and we're 1-0 up on 65 minutes, a smart sub would then be storage for Firmino. And then you're getting storage into a, into a semblance of rhythm. He's Because the other thing is, he's had no time on the pitch, let alone anything else. He's just lashed into that game against Chelsea. And then the next thing, and I'll go to you, Dan, is that then you're able to say, all right, Daniel, you've done well here, you've done well here, and now you get your opportunity against Stoke. Now, all mm. of this we're doing after the fact, and obviously the manager knows more than we do, and he works with the players, and he looks at the players, and he count the fingers and toes every single day. Absolutely, yeah. But that's where, you know, if if I am sort of sitting there and doing my, putting my ever so slightly football manager's cap on, that's where I'm wondering, well, couldn't we just have done this rather than end up in the situation that we end up in? Yeah, I, I completely agree. If I had been the one sat down in the beginning part of November when they were planning the game, so I, I just wouldn't have picked this one. Um, I don't think it makes sense to just bring him in for a one-off game like that. I think we've we've seen in, since w- with the rhythm question as well. That, that, what what Neil says, it's not you know absolutely one hundred percent great for rhythm, but it's better for rhythm. Absolutely, and I think we've seen since Sturridge has been a player that's not a first choice Liverpool player that he, he tends to not do very well when he's just when he's just shoved in. It, 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 when he gets sort of two or three together, and it's not necessarily two or three starts together, but he comes on for twenty, does he does twenty, does twenty five, and then starts one. He builds up a bit more. He did it in the in the few games where he scored against Maribor. Um, it, it 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 felt a lot more like they were using him in the right way. Then this didn't. I, I, to bring it back to the Lallana one as well, I just thought that was. I, I just thought it was mad. He had him stood there for about ten minutes, and then there were, the the ball went out for a throw, and at one point Chelsea brought a lad on, and they didn't. They didn't get him on, and he, he blamed yeah. the fourth official afterwards. And it, I, I just thought it was really stupid. And you said I thought, they stopped him, didn't they? Yeah, but it didn't look like it. It, it didn't. It, it looked like Lallana was stood there for ages, and then, as I say, he told him to go and sit back down, and then brought him back again. So it, to me, it looks like his indecision. Um, and also, he said in the post match again, he said, "Well, the goal comes from something where you know, if Lallana was on the pitch, that's where Ragnar Klavan would have been." It's, it's like Ragnar Klavan was there, and William walked past him. William walked past them and then does the, yeah, the mad shot and everything and you can talk about when you like. But the issue I have with the goal is, first of all, the lad that he wanted on the pitch should have been on the pitch. If he thinks that could stop the goal, he had the opportunity to do it. But he's blaming the fourth official for that. But he's not right. He's not right. I was stood there watching. Lallana was stood there for l- literally almost 10 minutes of the game of football, mm. just waiting, just waiting. And the ball was going out. 
and he just wasn't bringing him on. It was like he was waiting for a sort of a bigger moment, like a free kick or a I, corner, to bring him on because there were there were loads of throw-ins. I think he was waiting for it. I think he was waiting, Dan. I think he was actually waiting. And again, this part that which tells the story about where we were mm. on the pitch. I think he was waiting for it not to be a really defensive throw-in. I think he was waiting for it to be a throw-in around the halfway line because he, yes. he needs to change the shape. So I think then he was waiting for that, and then he got one of them, and that's why he gets annoyed with the fourth official because that's when he wanted to get him on, and then it all went too fast. So he was yeah. waiting and waiting. But I agree with you in that if you're that desperate to get him on, you yeah. just get him on. And, and if you're the fourth, uh, if you're the fourth official, and you don't know that they're waiting for a throwing further up the pitch. Exactly. So if you, yeah. if he's just stood there for ages and no one's saying anything to you, you're just going to go, "All right, play on." You're not going to th- you're just going to throw the ball up, knowing what the tactical plan is. Um, and then, uh, yeah, if, he, if he's got an issue with 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 where Clavan should have meant to have been, he should have rect- rectified that earlier because Clavan was having a poor game. The the, the the clearances he was making in the box where he was twatting it around like it was a pinball machine, like it was, it was very clear. There's two of them, and it was mad. Yeah, it was it was mental. Um, it's it's if he sees that that's a clear issue, if he sees that he needs to move those players about, just do it. Just do it and Actually, don't wait and then don't blame it on other people afterwards. Actually, overall, can I just say something about our defence? The much maligned, the four in particular. Matip was a lot better. I, th- I think as a unit, they were all right. Uh, uh, the first half, I mean, there's that bit where there's that p- literal, well, not literal, but it looks like pinball in the box and there's a penalty shout on on Gomez. But I think we defend, even that, we defend well. There's a couple, Gomez's challenge is, is the right one and Matip gets a good block in. I know in the second, after the goal particularly, Chelsea getting all manner of uh, whipped balls in from the right-hand side. And it's always, and corners and the odd free kick. And it's always a Liverpool head on it. I thought that was a sea change. It was a, Chelsea failed to make a clear-cut chance in that panicky, in fact, at all, because the, the goal they score isn't a chance. Apart from the very, very deep ball to Alonso, which he, he volleys over. But even that's only a half mm, chance. That was offside. Yeah, sorry, and it was offside. They, they um, made the chance in the first half. Drinkwater gets in one on one. Oh yeah, yeah, it's sure. A great no, save. Oh no, they do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Hazard gets uh, gets a shot away, which Mignolet gets down to quite well. Um, but generally, I think as a back four, I think their concentration. So you, you, we have to just it's a small aside. It's no great victory, but their concentration levels were good, and they and they were competent. I, I thought, thought. I thought Matter played really well. Yeah, yes, I did too. I, I don't have much to say about yeah the defenders I I didn't find Moreno was great I thought yeah yeah. Gomez was really good the issue the biggest issue for me was the midfield but uh, just talking about defenders and I know it's the focus on Liverpool but Aspilicueta what What a a performance the tackle on Salah towards the end was unreal the decision to go down on his knee to clear a ball everything the The opportune the the opportune Mm. moment to slide in uh, how to slide in just everything reads the game so wonderfully and he was just excellent yesterday he's, yeah. all, he's, he's unbelievable how good he is he's probably, he's probably the most underrated player in this league in the last 10 years he's absolutely unreal how good he is the block on storage is phenomenal the block on storage because I, I thought that's, goal that, I, I, yeah, that's in in my yeah. head that's, I mean I've not seen it from a different angle but as soon as it's dropping to storage there mm. and the way you see him connect with it I just yeah. think this is in Yeah, um, it's, it's an out your seat moment there that's it and, yeah. then, it, and then there it is I, I, I thought he was terrific uh, I thought Christensen was really good as well uh, for them. Was Alonso, Alonso was my pick for them because I mean, Hazard's first half performance aside, I thought Alonso was phenomenal. That's a piece of scouting, that. Because we'd all see, there Alonso was hiding in plain sight from the football world and he's got him in and he, look, he looks a genius in that position. You know, just to bring it back to the substitutions and, you know, I think we'll all admit here that none of us know as much as the manager. We don't have any of the information he has and we don't know about injuries as much as obviously Liverpool's medical team and stuff. But it seemed mad to me to ask Mane to come up, like to play those limited minutes in the freezing cold, 
and ask him to chase after like that's a player who's had now two hamstring injuries recently. I don't know. It just seemed counterintuitive to the whole. Let's avoid don't injuries. Don't you want to try and win the game though, Mel? No, I do. But that, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Sadio, yeah, Sadio should come on earlier. Yeah, but the goal only just happened there. It's, he reacts to the Mane comes on after the goal. No, Mane comes on quite late. Yeah, after their goal. Yeah, it's after their equaliser. Yeah, he do, he's not going to bring Mane on until, unless they score at all. Well, we were saying before that we think he should have. Yeah, we no, I we get should, that. He could have brought him on earlier, not to try and get him a goal necessarily, but to put a bit of pressure on I Christensen think... when he's on the ball or put a bit of pressure on Aspilicueta when he's on the ball and to be someone who would chase after the things that were getting lumped forward. I think he's he's happy he's happy with um, I think he's happy with the possession he's got from Coutinho and Salah and I think that puts him off and I'm not whether he's right or wrong to think that. I think that's why does Chamberlain Chamberlain doesn't come off until Mane does he Chamberlain's the one I would have hooked I don't think he did badly but he's the one I would have hooked but then again he's not the one with minutes in his legs so mm. it's a I can see him getting caught in the horns of a dilemma but he is I mean, the thing is the thing is he set, he sets himself up for a and, and it does I think you're right to phrase it that way Robin that you know he sets himself up for a series of gambles pre the Sevilla game and those gambles are continuing until you know right up until the decision whether or not to bring Mane on at 1-1 mm. he's, he's going through a series of calculated gambles in his head and it's just it's it, it's almost like this sort of trade chain reaction dominoes in motion here and that's mm. but that's what makes it all very interesting another game done Liverpool against Chelsea there we're going to move on uh, with Rob Mel and Dan to talk about the Stoke game in a second but before that I do just want to mention all the work that we do on the tour player service that we have at the Anfield Rapids for £5 a month and we've got full reviews and previews of every single game uh, we look ahead to this whole set of weekend fixtures on our Friday show which counterintuitively goes out on Thursday night just so it's ready and waiting for people for the morning commute uh, but we also have our team talk show which looks ahead to every single league game that Liverpool play uh, Josh Sexton hosts, hosts that and they do it straight after Jurgen Klopp's press conference uh, and we have our review show with Sean Rogers post-match we have our immediate post-match show uh, we've got all of them for you and the City Talk as well which as we as you know we do for free and that comes out every single Friday the point about this is that yes we do all of that plus all the other stuff that we do the historical looks at Liverpool the cultural stuff and just basically having a laugh with you uh, the listeners and we want you to come and be part of that if you're not already it's £5 a month to come and be part of it and we think that it's we genuinely firstly you don't have to listen to everything if you're listening to it here and all that and thinking good lord that sounds like a lot to get through you don't have to listen to everything it's like Netflix the expectation isn't that you watch everything but we think we can be there for you for whatever your Liverpool support needs are and we think that now with this glut of games it would be the best time to take the plunge into the Anfield Rap player if you haven't already done so just go to the anfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe to be able to do that and then go from there and just see if you enjoy it or not give it a go if you haven't already all that talk of the bigger picture leads us to Stoke. And Rob, I think you're thinking throughout a lot of this that he's he's, he's thinking about that follow-up game all the time and, and capitalising on any good results. It now means that he's, you know, he, there is, there is, there's obviously going to be pressure on us when we go to Stoke. There's going to be pressure on us when we go to Brighton. There's going to mm. be pressure on us when we're at home to Everton uh, and when we're at home to West Brom to get the results anyway. So I'm not going to say there's more pressure on that because I think it's the same amount of pressure. But it is... It is now a game where, in order to to be where we want to be on in the league table, come the first of January, we now very much do need to be picking up a series of three points between now and the first of January. Yeah, I mean the, the the fixtures are broad. Now we've got Chelsea out of the way. The fixtures are broadly kind for a period of time now and until Christmas, and we can play mediocre and still pick up points in this run. But if we pick up the points we should pick up, we can go into the second half of the season without 
not looking over, looking up, looking up and thinking we've got to chase. We've got to, we've actually got to find a new gear in the second half of the season. It's really, really important. We pick these sort of points up. I would, I would say the top six of, it feels like they've been doing a lot of fl- a good flat track bullying this season. Most of us just beating the teams we should beat in there. But then you get a reminder like yesterday with Spurs draw uh, home to West Brom. And you know, Spurs, of course, Spurs are actually a bad example of this because they've quietly dropped a few points against, against the shitter teams. So, and these games are coming thick and fast. This this is the period we're testing the squad. We're talking about Chelsea as being the test of the squad. Well, if it was a test of the squad, a draw against the champions isn't bad, being being self-diluted. Uh, it's, it's it's against the likes of Stoke, I think, that it's a different kind of test. Because in, in a way, it's just almost your determination not to be beaten by a, a fellow top six rival can get you through a game like Chelsea. You, you do get a 10% greater level of performance, however critical we may be of that overall performance. But against Stoke, I think it can, it can be harder. That, that's when the temptation will be to throw the bus at them at certain stages. So I expect against Stoke that we start. You said, Neil, would you pick Sturridge against Stoke, you know, instead of Chelsea? Well, now he has played against Chelsea. I actually think I might, might just go with him again against Stoke with a view to giving Coutinho, uh, not Firmino, a really decent rest and then go, OK, Bobby, you're back in for Brighton for Spartak, for um, Everton, you know, and West Brom after. You're getting four on the bounce, lad, and you're gonna have to, you'll you have had 10 days off by the, before that starts. So, you know, the, the Ferguson approach, you know, blitz them, take them out, blitz them. So he might do that, go with Sturridge again, and I think he might be the beneficiary of, of Sturridge get, having found his legs uh, against Chelsea. Marley looks a shoo-in, unless, unless he's got any niggles to come back in. And for the first time, I expect Salah to drop out. I don't think he's only been rested once all season, knowingly, apart from the League Cup, which was against Palace in the league. So I expect that to happen. The, 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 the midfield three, oh, don't give a shit really, because I think I think those lads are all much of a muchness. If I'm not, if I'm honest, I just hope Emery's fit enough to come in to, to be part of the rotation. Melissa, what are you expecting? I think, given he rested and rotated against Chelsea, it makes sense that he'll you know, revert to a, a close to a, a a first choice. I think it's time perhaps to put Robertson in just to give Moreno a break. I think, you know, when, you t- when you're talking of, like we said, we can't apply squad usage just here and there. It has to be a, a real concerted effort to do it. So, uh, yeah, I think Moreno needs a rest. Henderson needs a rest as well. Um, Coutinho needs a rest. Coutinho needs a rest. I'll, so, be, I'll be starting Lallana. Well, yeah, you've got Lallana to mm. come in. Hopefully, Emre was only a doubt for this weekend, so hopefully it's nothing too serious and, you know, that analysis has not been moved on with further scans or anything like that and he can come in. Uh, you've got Wijnaldum who can come back in as well. Um, Lallana's a good shout, actually. I've forgotten yeah, him. I keep yeah, forgetting I, I, him. I don't... I don't it's going to be a game where Liverpool have to set the tempo. And so you don't want a midfield again off Henderson and Milner together because that's counterintuitive to setting the tempo. Um, Chan, Wijnaldum and Lalana then? That would be yeah, my that, idea that if it's fit be, and available. That would yeah. be ideal that'd be, if, that'd be if, nice. yeah. Everything, yeah, if everything works out. I'd, I'd go, uh, I'd probably err with Chan 
because of the nature of the games that are coming, where we're going to come up against a certain type. It's Stoke are not the Stoke they used to be. So if there's any doubt on Chan, I'd keep Chan out of this one because I'd mm. like him to play away at Brighton because we know what they're going to do. Mm. I'd like him to play. Uh, I'd like him to be available for the derby. Uh, and I'd also like him to like to have him tip top um, for West Brom at home. They're, they're the games that I... So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he maybe... He maybe, maybe Parks Chan, if there is any doubt at all. And I think what we're going to see is I think if there is any doubt for any of these players during this run, it wouldn't surprise me if they're just not, therefore, not involved because yeah. he thinks, well, I don't need to, because it's a much bigger blow. I miss him, I lose him for two games or I take a chance and I miss and I lose him for six. Yeah. Because the other thing about the way the fixtures work run now, I think, is what a three week absence in November. Well, you, you, you know, if you get the, if you have a three week absence on the thirty first of October, you're back on the twenty first of November, so you've only actually missed two games. Yeah, but because now. the international breaks, now you get a three week absence, you miss seven, mm. and I think that that'll be the other thing he's thinking. He doesn't want to. So if he loses, if he compromises on someone for two games, so that he doesn't lose them for seven, I think you might see a bit of that. I'd go. I'd almost go with a bit of a last season team, and I, you know, the idea of that's why I, I wouldn't have a problem with him going Henderson, Ronaldo, Lallana as the midfield three, very last season, and then the front three be Mane, Sturridge, and Firmino who were all around last season as well, and maybe just use Firmino a bit off the left in this one. and Because I think he does need to get Coutinho a rest. And, and Salah. Really. Yeah, and Salah. But I think Coutinho, for me, the question's as much about form as it is about fitness. In that, in, and But the, that the two might just be linked. That he might just need to, 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 to get a game yeah. where he gets to rest in order to come back and be at his most effective. Because I really do think there's been a, a significant drop-off in the last two from him. And we can't, we can't have that from one of our core players. The other thing to point out is of Mane, for me, you know, you know uh, Salah and Coutinho. If we are going to be selecting them, not all four together, then whichever ones we do play, we need them to be. We, we need them to be bringing the seven, eight out of ten game. Mm. We can't be carrying one yeah. of them. If you yeah. play all four of them and one of them has a six, well, you're fine because the others are getting sevens and eights, and therefore you're scoring. But if you play two of them and one of them has a six or even a five, then you end up in a situation where you're going, well, what, what, what am I meant to do here? Because the other players are looking to them to be able to provide the spark and the inspiration. What would you do, Dan? Um, I well, what I think he will do is basically go back to what he thinks is his best. I, th- I think he'll play Firmino, Salah, and Mane as a three. So, I, yeah. I, yeah, because I, I, as I say, I think he's picked the Chelsea one. I mean, he's picked that one as the rest one, and I think he's got another one in his mind. I don't know what it'll be. Might be West Brom. Might be might, something around that time. That's his next one where a few lads drop out. Um, I think the Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Another derby, Jürgen. Um, but I, I, I think I think the, the 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 point you make about Stoke is important because Stoke are shite this yeah. season. What's their recent form? I've not did terrible. You, you they've won. They've won. They got beat Pal- by Palace oh, the weekend. Yes, they've not yeah. won in the last three, and they've won two games since the beginning of September. They're awful, really, really awful. But. They're not awful in the way that they used to be. They've not got seven-foot mutants playing for them anymore mm. that they're lumping it to. It's not as much about the wind as it used to be. Um, so, I, But at the same time, because of the results this week and because of the way he's done the selections, we have to win this game now to, to, or to, to get the points, but also to justify what he's done up until this point. Mm. If, he goes with, if he goes with the boss lads up front and we don't manage to win the game, then everyone's going... Going, well, he's completely. He's got the whole. He's got the whole run wrong. And now, what? Do, what? What if he brings? You know, the likes of Oxley Chamberlain so back in on the weekends. Are we thinking maybe he's got this one wrong again? It's, it's, it's really crucial that they get 
as you said before, this one and Brighton over the line because he didn't manage it with Sevilla and Chelsea this week. And yeah, Stoke, Stoke are really, really bad and got beat by Palace and we should be beating them. But now I'm a lot more worried about that game than what I think I should be. That's one of the reasons, Dan, why I'd actually go with a bit of a last season's team. If you can pick Henderson, Wijnaldum, Lallana, Mane on the right and, the, and Firmino and then you make a bit of a decision about mm. the other one, I think you're almost going, lads, just what we did last year. All right, I, I, would, I would be fine with that then, but when you say the other one there, I would want the other one to be Salah because I don't want to I don't want to come off at the end and think, yeah, we needed a goal. you know, And, and we've got a lad who's scoring goals every single game but- he plays in. And although he looked tired the other night, I generally don't think he, he looks consistently like he needs a rest. You know what I mean? He's an athlete. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he, I felt like he looked tired against Chelsea because he was up front on his own and no one was helping him. No one was in 20 or 30 yards of him. I don't think it was just because he's played a lot of games. I think I, I think in, in all the other games he's played, he's looked fine. And at no point has he really looked to to you know take him off early or that. He, it, Klopp looks as though he completely trusts him to last the 90 now. Um, so I'd, I'd quite like him to play against there, Stoke. There is a four, there's a four-day gap as well. Yeah. yeah, which is the interesting thing. I think it may have the knock-on effect between Stoke and Brighton's the tighter gap. That's the point where he may. I agree. You know, I could see it both ways. I could see a, there a case from just going fuck it. We need these points. Go full strength. It's a four-day gap. They've all had a bit of a rest. Same front four. Or maybe you take Coutinho out and put Lalana in for a start. Maybe that's the only move. I, I sort of agree with you, Neil. There's a case for last season, uh, but it all feels like last season. If you if you put any three from four, five in, mm. um, but may, maybe that's the thing. Maybe just rest Coutinho and then look to Brighton to maybe bring Sturridge back in again. Yeah, I think regardless of, of which way he goes, if he goes very strong or if he decides again to to water down the strength a little bit, it's really important then what happens from the touchline during the game? Because, you know, like you're saying, Dan, mm. you don't want to look at the game if Salah is rested and think, oh, we really need a goal then. Here's this lad who's scoring lots of goals. Well, if that's the case, if he doesn't start, then... If it's on 60 minutes, it's looking like Liverpool yeah. is still desperate for a goal. Bring him on. Yeah. So I think regardless, Liverpool have enough good players to make a difference in games and to change the course of things. And, and there's enough ways. We've got so many versatile players. And the reason you you get all of them is so, you know, you can vary things when you need to. Um, and I just... I think we let ourselves down because we don't do that often enough and we haven't done that in this run often enough. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I I can understand him going, you know, whether he keeps Sturridge in or keeps Oxlade-Chamberlain in or decides to go revert completely to full strength. Whatever he decides to do, I, could, I can understand mm-hmm. the decision behind it. But I think we just need to manage a game better both on the pitch and... And from the technical area, regardless of who's starting, because there is, as you saw in the week, uh, as you saw against Chelsea, we've got really strong options now to change things, and and we should be looking to do that. Okay, uh, thank you very much indeed to Mel, to Rob, and to Dan for the contribution this week to the Anfield Wrap. Uh, you know where we are, theanfieldwrap.com for all your needs. Uh, it's getting thicker and faster. Sadly, I am not going to be rotated anytime soon, uh, but that's absolutely fine. The contributors will be. There'll be loads of fantastic stuff this week on tour. Players, see you in a bit. Sports Social Podcast Network.